Hello and welcome back to Abe's Front Porch Talk. I hope you guys are doing great tonight. Tonight is going to be Revelations chapter 7. Now, last week I spoke about Revelations chapter 6 with the six of the seals. Now, the seventh seal does not come until chapter 8. I do not know how to explain this because you would think that the seventh seal will be in chapter 7, but it's not. So I'm wondering if there will be a break after the sixth seal opens up, if there will be a break before the seventh seal. And this is why it comes after chapter 7. So next week, stay tuned to the seventh seal, which is chapter 8 of Revelations. But tonight is Revelations chapter 7, which will be a lot of reading. So if a scripture speaks out to me, I will try to talk about that scripture. I read this last week. I read it again today. And there seemed to be nothing that really spoke out because chapter 7 to me speaks for itself. And there are some chapters and some scriptures that you read that just plainly speaks for itself. So now you might can find another podcaster who can explain chapter 7 a lot better than I can. Because to me it speaks... Like I, like I just got through saying, it speaks for itself. But at the same time, it's also dependent on where you are at spiritually with the Lord. Because wherever you're standing at spiritually is how you're going to interpret the scriptures anyways. So... That's why I said you might find someone else who can explain this chapter a lot easier than I can. Because they may be at a different level spiritually than what I am. So I'm at this spiritual level toward, to me, self-explanatory. So, but let's go on and let's start reading. And... I hope you guys enjoyed. Don't forget to subscribe or follow to whatever platform you're listening to this on. Also, check out my YouTube channel at Abe's Front Porch Talk. Type Abe's Front Porch Talk in the Google search bar to find me on many platforms. Share out with your family and friends. All right. Chapter 7, verse 1. And after these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. Now, before I go on to verse 2 here, if you noticed And after these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth. I don't want to get into a debate about the earth is round or the earth is flat. 
But way back when, this is where a lot of the people who believe the earth is flat is because of what I just read, standing on the four corners of the earth. Our grandparents, way back when, this is how it was explained to me. You know, they didn't understand at this time that the earth was round. So according to scriptures and the four corners and where the angels are going to be at the end of time, they thought the earth was flat because anything flat has four corners, like a table, unless your table is round, but anything square or rectangle, I guess you could say, has four corners to it. So this is why the people thinks the earth is flat. But we know with today's time, the pictures show the earth is round. So I don't try to get into a debate with this. But I do love a good conversation between the earth being round and the earth being flat. But I just want you guys to always understand in case you have family members or you had a grandparent or somebody who believes the earth is flat, this is where it comes from, is this scripture. So that's why I don't knock it. So moving on to verse 2. And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels, to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea, saying, Hurt not the earth neither the sea nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. And I heard the number of them which were sealed, and there were sealed an hundred and forty and four thousand of all the tribes of the children of Israel. Now before I read in verse 5, I want to stop and say something. What I just read here, this could be why the seventh seal will not come till after everything in chapter 7 here is fulfilled. So right now, we're living and the seal's opening up. I do believe the second seal has opened. This is why we are about to go to war with Ukraine. And not Ukraine, but Russia. This is why Russia is trying to go to war with Ukraine. Sorry, I said it all backwards, folks. We need to realize after that sixth seal opens, remember there's going to be a great earthquake and then that moon is going to turn to blood. And then the sun is not going to give its light either. Remember that. It will be blackened. So could it be that after the sixth seal is open, that in this scripture, saying, Hurt not the earth, 
neither the sea nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. That this has got to come to pass. And I heard the number of them which were sealed. And there were sealed an hundred and forty and four thousand of all the tribes of the children of Israel. So a hundred and forty four thousand tribes must need the seal of God in their forehead. So it could be a break between that sixth and that seventh seal. But how long that break will be is a good question because that's going to be when no one knows. Will it be a year, two years, five years after that sixth seal? Would, are we even still going to be here when the seventh seal even opens up. Because you got people who says. You got to go through the seven year tribulation. Some don't believe we will be here during the seven year tribulation. That the second coming of the Lord will be here and rapture us out. So think about this. What really is going to be happening after the sixth seal but we know 144,000 children of Israel has got to have the seal of God in their head. So, read Revelation 7 to study it out for yourself, too. Now, I'm going to go on. Verse 5, 6, 7, and 8 are going to be the names of the cities and stuff of the tribes. Of the tribe of Judah were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Reuben were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Gad were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Azer were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Nephthalim, sorry, I can't pronounce that word too good, Nephilim were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of the tribe of Manasseh were sealed twelve thousand. Of the tribe of Simon were sealed twelve thousand. Of the tribe of Levi were sealed twelve thousand. Of the tribe of Azakar were sealed twelve thousand. Of the tribe of Zabalun, Zabalon were sealed twelve thousand. Of the tribe of Joseph were sealed 12,000. Of, of the tribe of Benjamin were sealed 12,000. Sorry, trying to read those few verses got me tongue-tied. Now, as you just heard of those 12 tribes, that's the 144,000 that needs the seal of God in their foreheads. So this is why I'm telling you to read seven of Re chapter 7 of Revelations to study it out for yourself. Now, as I go on from verse 9 to verse 17, this is going to be the saints in white robes. So, 
Verse 9 starts, After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. Now I want you to catch on to something. It says, And this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude which no man could number of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. See, they don't say one Pacific nation. It says all nations. Every nation that's here on this earth will stand if they're right with God. And those who go up into the rapture and those who can survive that seven-year tribulation will stand before Christ, will stand before the throne of God. Doesn't matter what nation you're from. This is why we cannot hate on people from other nations. Because Jesus told us, he said when he walked the earth, to go out unto the world and help those in need. Love thy neighbor. Help those who are in need. Because we're at the end of this life, whether we drop dead with a heart attack or a stroke or have a car wreck, whatever it may be, that our death was or sickness, we all from all over this world is going to be standing before Christ and the throne of God. No matter what language we speak, we will all be there, but we will be one body. And that's what Jesus is trying to tell us to be that one body here on earth. Because it's going to be the same in heaven. There's not going to be anything about skin color and hating on people from being other from another nation that will not be allowed in the kingdom of heaven don't miss being able to stand before christ and the throne of god with all your brothers and sisters from other parts of the world do not miss that love thy neighbor help them and you may not be able to go into another nation and help clothe or give water to drink or feed them but you can send up a prayer and pray for the strength for those who do go over but don't cut them down and judge people and condemn them for doing the lord's work now let's move on here and it says and cried with a loud voice saying Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood round about the throne, and about the elders and the four beasts, and fell before the throne on their faces, and worshipped God. See, at the end, we're all going to fall to our knees and worship God at the throne. Doesn't matter if somebody's from Canada. Doesn't matter if someone's from Mexico. Doesn't matter if someone's from England or Europe or a third world country. 
We're all, if we make it to heaven and we've received Christ into our heart and life and we repented and we are all standing before the throne and we all will fall down and worship God together. It's not going to be separate. It's not going to be no segregation like it is here. There won't be any hatred or racism. You're not going to be able to tell your children, get out of my house or depart from me because they are married to someone or in a relationship with someone from another nation or you don't want anything to do with your grandchild because of mixed races. Or nationality. Many people are turning against people like this. Not wanting anything to do with their child. Call them disgrace. Because man's rules is you're not supposed to mix in relationships with someone from another nation. Or different races. But God does not approve of that. God does not like that. God knew who you were before you were in the womb. That's why your son or your daughter is attracted to a different race. That is why your son or daughter is attracted to someone from another nation that speaks a different tongue. Because God has already put that desire in them. And you turning away from them, saying they're abominations or disgrace, they're only a disgrace into your eyes because you have hatred and bitterness in your heart. And you cannot pull from that as you were taught these to do these things and that it was righteous. Nowhere in the Bible does it say. And these verses that I just read, especially verse 9, if you want to go to heaven and worship, you best learn to accept your grandchild who is mixed with nationality or mixed with another race. You best love them and accept them so we all can be around the throne of God bowing down, worshiping Him at the end of our life. Or when God says it's time to come and rapture us out of here. You best learn to love your grandchild that is mixed with different race. You best learn to love your grandchild that is mixed with another nationality because your son or your daughter married someone from another nation. Don't push them away or God will do you the same way. He will show you the same respect you show your children and your grandchildren on this stuff. God does not have time for hatred. He does not have time for racism. He does not have time. He says, I knew who you were before you were in the womb and before you were out of the womb, I ordained and sanctified you. How hard is that for you to understand? You will also say this, God created Adam and Eve and not Adam and Steve, but yet you don't want to accept your grandchild. You don't want your daughter being with a different race or your son being with a different race, like I just explained. And then if there's a then if you have a grandchild, you don't want nothing to do with them. You tell them not to bring that grandchild around because of because you're embarrassed because of the nationality the child is mixed with or the race that that grandchild of yours is mixed with. You are so embarrassed because you have been taught it's not appropriate. It's not in today's high society. But you use, like I just said, about Adam and Steve. God did not create. He created Adam and Eve. 
And how hard is that to understand when you're standing on the street corners? But yet, how hard is it for you to understand God already knew you before you were in the womb? He, he already ordained you and sanctified you before you came out of the womb. So how hard is it for you to understand that scripture? So before you throw Adam and Eve, God created Adam and Eve and not Adam and Steve. Think about God ordaining you out before you come out of the womb and knowing you before you was in the womb. So he knew your grandchild was going to be mixed with another nationality because he put that desire inside your children to be attracted to someone of another nation or another race. You need to really sit down and think about this. Are you going to allow racism and hatred and bitterness in your heart to keep you out from the kingdom of heaven? Are you really don't want to come together as one body and worship with people from other nations or just because someone's skin color? Are you trying to tell me that you don't like that? So you want to miss heaven and burn in the lake of fire and torment like the rich man did because he could not help Lazarus? So you want to be tormented the rest of your days after death? I mean, it's your choice. It, it really is. So, and, and all the angels stood round about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts and fell before the throne on their faces and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessings and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. And one of the, sorry, and one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes? And whence came they? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which came out of the great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, after they before the throne of God, and serve him day and night in his temple, and he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun lie on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and shall lead them unto living fountains of waters, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. So therefore, as I mentioned about the tribulations, it some people believe we will see the seven-year tribulations. Some says we will be gone. And I believe I've already said this part. I don't argue with the effect how you want to believe on this. But I do believe God will test his children to see if they really truly are his, chi his children. And are they going to be able to stand the test of faith during tribulations? Because... If you look around, it seems like so many people, they have everything they need, all their riches. They've got it all. But 
what you guys don't realize, the rich man is about to fall. The rich man is going to start falling this year in 2022. I did a podcast in 2020, a month, I believe it was a month before the pandemic hit. And it's called Rich, rich Men Go Weep and Howl. Or Rich Men Weep and Howl. And I did not realize what I was saying in 2020, but I knew it was to come. And I went back and I listened to that episode of my podcast today, and I see it all happening now. Now, will all rich people fall in 2022? Not all, because some of the rich people helped those in need. They didn't even care to let somebody move into their homes and let them stay with them rent-free. Most of you want that money. Don't be lustful. Jesus said money is the root of all evil. And don't ever let money become your part of you to where you always want that so you can go out and buy your nice clothes with. As long as you're getting that rent money, you're able to pay half of the bills and then you get to keep what's left. So, there you go. But don't let that take over your life. But yes, I do believe a lot of the rich people are going to fall this year. Because I read to you in chapter 6 what will happen to the rich. And they will run to the mountains and rocks. And they're going to pray for God to let them fall on them. But they're not. Because they're going to hide themselves from the face of God. We're in that time and that season now. And when we go to war with Russia over Ukraine, when we go to this, you better watch a lot more destruction to come. I do believe famine's coming. I've said this before. So get prepared. Get stocked up as much as you can. I myself would buy up canned goods that you know can last forever because a lot of corporations are going to be closing their doors. Now, do I believe it's all going to happen at once? No, it will be a slow process. It Things will start happening slowly. But you will start seeing more retailers closing, more manufacturing shutting down, more people going to become homeless. You're going to see a big change. Once this war starts, you're going to start seeing a bigger change. But there will be many that lives on the streets now that are homeless. Those that do not have anything, they're the ones that's going to be stepping up to the plate. And they're going to become rich. People are going to go from rags and filth to being filthy rich, living in mansions. And those that live in mansions will fall and be homeless and living on the streets because they were greedy. They overlooked their own family. They overlooked their neighbors who were in need. They wouldn't even lift a hand and help their best friend when they fell on hard times. The rich will fall this year. Watch what I tell you. Now, 
and I'm talking about 2022, it starts in 2022. And it will be a process because the first shall be last and the last shall be first. See, there's going to be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the last days and that's what's coming. Everybody has made their choice throughout the years. I've heard several preachers preach on repentance and telling people to come to repentance. But see, I don't believe everybody can repent because there's also a scripture that tells you God will not always strive with man. And if you're going to act like the rich man through your riches and he end up in torment, and if you cannot see what you've done and then when you lose everything and then you're going to recognize God's work is up on you and you're living on the streets and then you want to try to come to the repentance, I don't think that's how it's going to work. You have that choice now before before you lose everything. We all have been there. We all have lost something and realized it was too late. You can't get it back once it's gone. But you have the choice why it's in your possession. While that was whatever you lost, why it was in your possession, you had a choice to treat it as gold or to treat it I don't know if gold was the word to use, but with say you had a close friend, for an example, and you treated that friend horribly, and someone lied on your friend to you, and you took up for the liar and betrayed your friend, and that friend walked away. Well, when you realized the truth that you were lied to, your friend told you they did not want anything to do with you. You treated them disrespectfully. You betrayed their trust. So now they do not want anything to do with you. And now you realize your mistake, but you can't do nothing about it now because that friend said they don't want anything to do with you anymore as long as they live. They have walked out of your life. They shut that door on you. That's the same way as it is with God. And that's why the rich will fall because they have everything they want right now. And then one day that door is going to shut and they're going to lose it all. And it's just going to come crumbling down. Does this make sense to you guys? And then you're going to realize what you had, but you're going to realize you were greedy with it. Don't ever be greedy with anything that you have, whether it's your home, your clothes, a close friend. Don't ever be greedy with your family members. Cherish them for one day. It's all going to be gone and you won't be able to take it back. And that's what I'm trying to get at. Scripture says God will not always strive with man. So that's why I don't believe everybody is going to be able to repent. So, if you are suffering with an addiction problem, learn how to ask God to help you overcome, deliver you from that addiction problem. Ask God to help you overcome that addiction problem. Whatever your addiction problem is, ask God to help you through it, and He will. You may not see a change in two weeks or a month, and I know religious people says, oh, you should start seeing something. As soon as you ask God to deliver you, you should be delivered right then, especially when you come up to these altars. And you want deliverance of smoking cigarettes and chewing tobacco. You come up and we'll pray for deliverance. 
But as soon as somebody walks out of the church and lights up a cigarette or put that chewing tobacco in their mouth, that preacher gets mad or some church goer or deacon of the church gets mad. You was just at the altar praying for deliverance. And now you put in that field, you should have been delivered right then. That's not how it works. Maybe for some of you, you got it right there on the spot. And glory, hallelujah, congratulations, praise Jesus. Yay, I give you a clap. How's that? Yay, I clap for you. You got yours. But not for everybody it works that way. It could be six months. Their deliverance was manifesting as soon as they stepped up. But if you did it because man told you to come up and get delivered, it's not going to work. That's man. That's not God. If God tells you to put it down, you best put it down. And God says if you know that you want this deliverance, then you can get it if you want it. And He'll help you along the way too. So... Don't let people pressure you into a deliverance because deliverance can take a while. It can take five years. It could be 10 years. But as long as you are working on it, because as time starts going by and then about six months, you'll start noticing, well, I haven't smoked a cigarette or put some chewing tobacco in my mouth for two whole weeks now. Then here comes a month has passed by and you haven't done it, but then you start craving it again. So you pick it up and you'll start going through those cravings and you'll deal with it. And then you'll put it down. Another two, three, four weeks goes by. And you're like, well, it's been a month. Let me try it again because you're craving it again. That's how deliverance, your deliverance is coming slowly. But there are sometimes you will fail and you'll start doing it every day. You'll smoke that cigarette every day, a few times a day. You'll notice you go back to how you was before you start asking for deliverance. And then you'll start recognizing your mistakes on it. Then you'll put it down for a while. Another month went by and you'll realize you haven't smoked or chewed any tobacco in a whole month. Because your deliverance is coming and it's been manifested and you'll notice these steps. So, this is all I have. Now, next week is the seventh seal, which is going to be chapter 8. And I will have a lot for you in chapter 8. So, it may be a two-part to this. In chapter 8 of next week. So stand by. Enjoy. Revelations. I'm enjoying this with you guys. Share. And don't forget to subscribe. Thank you for listening.